What's up, everybody? Welcome to another exciting episode of Big Beefing, your favorite uh, podcast where three people sit around and talk about nonsense for an hour. I hope everybody had a good weekend. Um, You know, I know I did, so we've already started the week and Mondays uh, off to a good start. You know, normally busy as usual, just taking care of business. Nothing new to report as far as uh, that goes. We had a couple of topics we were going to talk about tonight, but I'm not quite sure what's going on with the boys. They may be, you know, it's it's tough. Anytime you're doing like a podcast thing or a video or, you know, any kind of content that you're putting out there, it's hard to do it every day. And we haven't hit it every day. We did, we've done many days. Um, we try to get three to four a week out there. But it's it's just hard to get it. So, you know, and they have lives and families and stuff. And, you know, it's just uh, with Aaron, you know, he's got his job. And I don't expect him to be available at all times. So we'll we'll just wing it tonight. I I got a couple things that I can talk about on my own, just topics that I store up from time to time. And, you know, listening and saying, well, I don't really want to hear what one guy thinks. You know, I I get it. But, you know, I'm going to try to keep it just my opinion on things. Um, and you know, we don't have to worry about getting too political or anything like that, but then, you know, politics may come up at some point. I did want to discuss, um, basically, and I was going to have John in on this conversation at some point. Maybe he'll listen to it. I, I doubt it though. But if he does, um, he can put way in his two cents as well. Uh, I just want to talk about the state of what is known as the DCEU, the DC expanded universe. Um, which, if you know anything about the Expanded Universe, that name was not actually something that DC came up with. Uh, it was the guy, a blogger, like an internet blogger, who was close to the um, stories and, and had a source to working inside WB, and he coined that. And for whatever reason, the DCEU stuck. You can't call it the, the Cinematic Universe like Marvel does, because then you have the DCCU, and... Now you got too many C's, so the DC Expanded Universe. And that can cover, you know, if you say Expanded Universe, you're like, okay, well, what all does that mean? You know, it used to be Star Wars had what was called an Expanded Universe, quote-unquote. And what that meant was they had a series of stories that continued um, after Return of the Jedi, and they had some stories that kind of, like, explained the prequels, and they were all written in novel form, and... um, None of those, I don't think, ever made it to production, like into movies. Like, and what's interesting is, is that, you know, in that, in that storyline, in, in the Star Wars, the old school expanded universe, you know, Han Solo and Leia had a, had a kid, had twins, and they both have, you know, off and on issues with the Force. Um, I think Han's daughter goes to the dark side, but then that comes back. Um, I, I don't know. It's I, I'm not really familiar. Now, see, I, it's kind of wish I had John here for this because he could go all day long about it. But anyways, this kind of besides the point. We're talking about the DC expanded universe. Um, well, when did it start? So DC movies, you know, their comic book characters were the first to grace the silver screen. I mean, you can go back to the serials in the 40s and take a look at the first Superman, uh, black and white. And I've actually watched 
about 15 minutes of that. And surprisingly, the origin of Superman is very true to the comic book. I was not expecting to see the high-quality sets, the aliens. And I mean, some of it was just, you know, big matte paintings in the background. But still, I mean, they put a lot of, they were, you know, with just a couple of panels from a comic book page, you know, in the 30s, they filled in a lot of the gaps. We're talking about, you know, the government and the planet falling apart and them not really wanting to do anything, despite Jarrell telling them what to do. Um, and then, you know, when Superman gets to Earth, he's in a farm. And so, you know, the movie was made in the early 40s. So you can imagine how it translated to the screen. I mean, the guy can't really fly. They haven't figured out how to make somebody look like they could fly. So he just kind of jumps around and, like, jumps out of bushes and stuff and, you know, dressed up in a Superman costume and beats the hell out of thugs. They couldn't really go all in on the special effects. And I, I was reading an article the other day, interestingly enough, that Shazam, uh, the hero that used to be known as Captain Marvel, is one of my favorite DC heroes, if not the... Um, he, he actually... It actually caused an issue. There's a company sold the movie rights to this other company that really wanted to get Superman movie made, but they, they couldn't because another studio had already had the Superman rights. So they just went and made the Shazam movie. And that led to uh, DC suing for copyright infringement of their Superman character because Shazam is the first, or the, well, well, not the first, but probably the most well-known of the, what's called a Superman clone. And that's basically somebody that's invulnerable, can fly, has a cape, has a symbol on their chest. You know, Superman's blue and gold with some red accents, or blue and yellow with red accents, or I guess blue and red with yellow accents. And then Shazam uh, is red and yellow with gold accents. So and now he's got white. He has capes white. So anyways, that kind of created an issue. And that's why we have a Shazam movie coming out this year instead of a Captain Marvel movie from DC. Now, Marvel has a Captain Marvel movie, but that's because they own the trademarks to the word Captain Marvel, and they can put that in their titles. Uh, DC does not. So anytime they have their Billy Batson character, uh, the Big Red Cheese, in any type of story or movie, they have to title it uh, Shazam. They can't, they can't go off of what the, uh, you know, the old Captain Marvel name. I think back when it was under Fawcett Comics way back in the 40s when it first launched, I think it was called Captain Marvel. I'm not quite sure. I haven't actually read any of those old school issues. I just have a hard time getting into the the original storylines. I mean, they were kind of corny. They were, you can tell they were designed for kids. And, and comic books these days, I'd probably say from the late '70s on, they geared more towards um, adults. Like, but you know, kind of for everybody, adults and kids, especially the '80s when you get the the Dark Knight Returns and Year One and all that. You know, dark, gritty stuff, Infinite Crisis is when DC first decided to clean house. Anyways, I say all that just to say that, you know, DC is the first in a lot of things. Now, there was a Captain America movie in the 40s at Black and White. It's extremely terrible, and the character has no relation to the Captain America, just Steve Rogers. I don't even know if the character's name is Steve Rogers. Um, I think it's just a guy who kind of wears a suit that has an American flag on it, but it's Black and White, so you can't really tell. And that's it. As far as live action goes with Marvel, they they had some some TV shows. They had a they had a Japanese Spider Man that was kind of a 
if you're familiar with the Power Rangers, that's basically what that show was. But it was Spider-Man, and he had Spider-Man's abilities. He could crawl on walls. He could shoot out webs. Uh, but he also had this badass car, and he could summon a giant robot to fight monsters when he needed to. So, not quite the Spider-Man we know. I think the robot's name was Leopard or something. It's not Leopard, or maybe it is Leopard. I don't know. Anyways, so then you had the uh, Incredible Hulk TV show, which is probably... Well, let me back up. Before that, you had, you know, the George Reeve, uh, George Reeve Superman TV show. The, you know, it was first in black and white, later got to be in color. And then you had the Adam West Batman in the 60s, which uh, a lot of people, you know, that grew up as kids watching that, you know, that's that's their favorite version because yeah, it was just fun, you know. It was, they were trying to do it. And if you actually look at the comic books and you look at the characters, they were pretty faithful to... To the characters, I mean, surprisingly enough, I mean, it's all kid-friendly. It's all, you know, rated G, but, well, I mean, other than beating the hell out of each other. But they kind of get around that by putting big words up on the screen when somebody's taking damage. Anyways, so, yeah, you had that, and then you had The Incredible Hulk, which is a Marvel show. Shazam had a little uh, TV show for a while, and they've all had cartoons. Uh, Spider-Man had a couple shots at a TV show. It never really took off. Uh, Captain America had like a made-for-TV movie. Didn't really go anywhere. Uh, the Incredible Hulk's probably the most well-known of the original Marvel sh- like shows like back in the day. Had Lou Ferrigno as uh, the Hulk, and he's still around. So, you know, he still kind of goes to conventions, and he cameoed in, in the Hulk movies. So that's kind of cool. But in the, in Iron Man and Thor were both guest appearances on that Hulk show, and it just did not work. So then you get, I think it came before Tim Burton's Batman. I'm not sure, but you get The Punisher with Dolph Lundgren. I believe that was in the 80s. Uh, may have been the same year. Uh, you know, it, it's okay for just a you know an 80s action movie, but there's no indication that this guy's The Punisher other than his name's Frank Castle, and he kills people. Which, I mean, that's really all you need with The Punisher, but, you know, he doesn't have the... The sigil. He doesn't have the skull on his chest, and I think and this is just probably could be me. And we'll, we're going to get into this, of course, because the subject we're on. But I think producers just have a problem with. Now they didn't. They didn't with the first Superman. Like I said, I was very surprised of how faithful to the comic books that that old '40s serial Superman was. I mean, it was pretty, pretty impressive. And and even the TV show, the George Reeve ones, uh, the intro. The first episode, you know, it's pretty, pretty, pretty cool how they how they got it. You wouldn't think that they'd have that kind of quality, but they did. But I think that despite that, when you get into the modern era of filmmaking or the last forty years or so, I got a feeling like producers don't they don't like costumes. Oh, and how could I forget? I, I totally I was going straight into Punisher. You know, Christopher Reeve Superman was in the seventies. And what just a, a a great great way to start off the modern superhero movie. So all those serials, all those hokey TV shows, when Christopher Reeve Superman's hit, that quashed all that. Um, I think Siskel and Ebert gave it two thumbs up or a four star rating, or at least for Ebert. Uh, just a great great movie. Um, you know, as a kid, is it kind of boring? Yeah. I mean, I I can remember watching it and falling asleep when I was a kid, but I I fell asleep in every movie I watched when I was a kid. My son seems to be repeating the same pattern, but it, you know it's just a it's just a nice little take on Superman. 
um, it's real simple. You know, you get his origin. Now, his origin's kind of complex, and they try to make everything 70s sci-fi-ish, which is unfortunate. I kind of wish they would have just stuck to the 40s and made it look like goofy, you know, 50s sci-fi, which is kind of weird. It was made in the 30s, but it looks like it was in the 50s. I don't know how that works out. I guess they were ahead of their times and designs. But anyways, you know, because they all got in the 70s version, and you know, with they got all the robes and saw the solid colors and crystals and the weird hairdos. And, you know, it just looks like what the seventies thought the future would be. Um, not that Krypton's supposed to be our future. It's, it's an alien's future. Um, well past anyways. So whatever planet gets destroyed, comes to earth, has a very, very touching story about his origin with his, uh, with, um, Thomas, Jonathan, with Jonathan Kent uh, having a heart attack. And Superman, who, you know, at the time hadn't become Superman yet. He was just, you know, Clark Kent, was trying to figure out where he fit into the world because he knew he could do all these amazing things, but he also knew that if he used his powers, uh, it wouldn't accomplish any good, you know. It would just make things worse. Uh, it would showboating. It would make people fear him. So he he kind of just holds back. Well, you know, but he wants to use his powers. He wants to jump out there, and he wants to show people what he can do. Well, then his his father just dies, and you know, Clark or Jonathan Kent just has a heart attack and drops dead right there. And it doesn't matter how fast Superman can fly, or turn back time, or any of that business, he can't save him. And so you learn real quick that Superman can't save everyone. Um, he couldn't even save his own father, which were dad. Which, you know, of course he wanted to. He was devastated. Uh, but what a just a great way to start off the granddaddy of all superhero movies to come. Uh, with that just touching, compelling, this what ma- this is what makes a superhero. Just mind-blowing how amazing that movie was. Uh, but like I said, it's kind of slow. Kind of boring to some people. And he doesn't really fight and He doesn't really have a competition. It's Lex Luthor. And, you know, Brains over Brawn. Usually Brains wins out. And technically Brains did win out. Uh, If you remember, Superman had to cheat and he had to go back in reverse time, which, you know, that's kind of a stretch of his powers. I don't, you know, can Superman, I know that some of the superheroes can travel back in time, but I don't know if he can totally just reverse all of time, like back the whole world up like that. Maybe it would be one thing if he was traveling through to time, but... If you see the camera, it shows everything in reverse, and then he goes and saves Lois Lane um, and the missiles at the same time. So, you know, but I, you have to wonder, was there anybody else along that fault line? Was it just Lois? He just went back and made all that for just one person? I don't know. It's kind of kind of interesting to think about, you know, that whole dynamic. I know that's, well, and we're going to get into this, but that's what Zack Snyder got in trouble for. Anyways... Superman 2 comes out. You get General Zod. It's good stuff. Epic battles. Apparently there was a Donner cut, which supposedly is the superior version of the film. I've seen both, and it's been so long since I've seen it, I couldn't tell you. I have uh, I have access to watch the Donner cut. I might I might check it out on the Universe app, and I'll report back if I, I think it's uh, superior. But I, I remember it being good. It's just, you know, they were limited by the special effects. They could If they could have CGI'd him flying... Uh, you'd probably have just a really great, um, you know, two movies there. And then, uh, I don't know if Superman three became before Supergirl or not, but you know, now we're getting into the eighties 
and uh, Superman three had Richard Pryor and some robot chicks. The first, you know, other than Zod, it's 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 a, a super powered villain for him to fight. And uh, I don't know, the story just didn't really go anywhere. For it. If you don't watch it, just watch it for Richard Pryor. He plays a computer hacker, which, you know, okay. And then uh, Superman four, which is the biggest piece of garbage of all time. Uh, I don't know what they were thinking. It's it's made by a Canon film, so that should give you a clue. And Canon thought that Superman 4 was going to be the movie that just made that company. It was not. They spent up way too much money on it. Uh, I think Christopher Reeves had to put some of his own money in there. And it still just it just was garbage. They used the guy he fought against was Nuclear Man, which is a made-up hero. They uh, by this point, Superman has a well-established gallery of villains so they could have done brainiac metallo you know i mean livewire uh, parasite you know dark side i mean all these characters that existed but for some reason they went with a brand new guy called nuclear man who was a clone of i think i think it was a superman clone mixed with lex luther's dna which is you know how we get super the modern superboy but in any case I can't remember. I'm sorry if I'm jacking that up. I'll have to, I didn't read the plot synopsis. But in any case, the, the character's got Gene Hackman's voice. So Gene Hackman and Lex Luthor is in the movie, but also his, you know, this villain has his voice as they're fighting. And it's just, it's terrible. And the way they fight, the choreography is just awful. I mean, it's just not a well-done Superman movie at all. And then uh, Marvel has a little surprise gem. I thought, well, Howard the Duck comes in there at some point. I don't know what year that was in, if it if it was after uh, Superman 5 or not. But you get Howard the Duck. Uh, it's, it's a fun little movie. It's cool for kids. You, know, cause you just see a duck walking around. So, and apparently they spent a crap ton of money building that duck head. They ended up losing uh, the money. Didn't The film was a bust. But uh, as a kid, you know, it's kind of cool. Howard the Duck, yeah, he's a smart aleck, you know, wisecracking duck. That's kind of neat. And he's an alien. And it's got the chick from Back to the Future, so hey, can't go wrong there. And then you get the Punisher, and like I said, Dolph Lundgren, he doesn't have the skull, but he does. it's real violent, he kills a lot of people. There's just one scene where he busts up into a nightclub with an M60 chain gun, and he just fucking unloads. And that was kind of cool. I remember seeing that as a kid, I was like, whoa, the Punisher. And then you get uh, the Tim Burton Batman, which is kind of like a return to form for DC, Serious movie, but still fun. Um, I actually watched a good chunk of it last night, and uh, or not last night, um, over the weekend, and still, uh, still an entertaining movie. It's one that I, I'll check out every now and then, probably because I can remember my dad taking me to it. But you know, just the look of the Batmobile is cool, and the way K- Michael Keaton played the character is intense. He's just a, such a good actor for that role, even though he's not very big. He doesn't meet the physical requirements of Batman. But he was more like the ninja. He'd get in and out, you know, stealthily, behind the shadows, surgical strike. Didn't really need the brute force, take them all on at once. Um, but he did take them all on, so that's kind of cool. And the Batmobile is just amazing. I love that Batmobile. I think I've said that on a previous podcast. That's my that's my favorite version of it. And then you get, uh, we get into Superman, we get Batman Returns. Ninja Turtles had a good movie that came out in 89 as well. A very good movie. Uh, that still holds up to this day, and surprisingly enough, that movie was, you know, it was kind of dark, and they kind of got into trouble with that because a lot of parents, their kids were watching this, and they're like, "I don't want my kids watching that." 
So when they made Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze, they never used their weapons in a combat manner. Their weapons were only used as like to maybe pick something up, throw it around, or ricochet off something, but they never like hit somebody with their stick or hit somebody with their sword, you know, or stab somebody with their side. You didn't see any of that in the second one. But in the first one, I mean, it was all, it was, you know, they were, they were chopping out, which is kind of unfortunate because the first one was actually a really good superhero movie. So Marvel tried to throw in a new Captain America, and costume-wise, it looks pretty faithful to the comics. It's a rubber suit, but apparently the holes for the ears for Captain America uh, chafed the actor, and he couldn't wear it. He had an allergic reaction to the latex around his ears, so he couldn't wear it. So they gave him rubber ears. So if you ever watch the old 90s Captain America, uh, prepare for disappointment, because that is just... Those ears look terrible. And the movie just doesn't make any sense. They blew all their budget in the first opening of it, and the rest of the movie just suffers because of it. You can tell. Uh, Fantastic Four was made, never released. Somehow, some way, a version got out. It's not a completed film. The special effects aren't really filled in, but the story is all there. Uh, it's a piece of garbage. Don't waste your time. I, when I remember when I was in college, I spent... A whole night downloading it and uh yeah it's it's just not quality entertainment it's it's pretty poor pretty poor effort and even the guy who made it's like i can't believe this got out please please put it up i'm, I'm so sorry uh did have this kid though the human torch was played by this actor who had a couple of disney hits it was on it was kind of like on disney television cable disney and he had this one movie where he was like in a crazy house because he said he could fly and like I think at the end of it, he jumps off of a roof and he starts flying around, and it's kind of cool. I mean, as a kid to see somebody, oh well, he was you know he wasn't crazy. He actually could fly. I don't know. I don't know what that was called. I can't remember the guy's name. He kind of looks like Kirk Cameron, but uh, but I know that's not him. Anyways, Fantastic Four was a bust. Uh, absolutely, Batman Returns, another good movie. Then you get. Batman Forever, which is ugh, that's the Tommy Lee Jones, Two Face, the Jim Carrey Riddler, you know, Robin shows up, Chris O'Donnell had a lot of promise. I think I think Val Kilmer and O'Donnell did a good job, and I think they they did the justice for Dick Grayson, you know, and the whole the circus thing. But you know, it's you can see the writing on the wall. The characters are dressed up like neons. The Batmobile, which I like the design, but it's more geared towards kids. It got lights and a lot of non-functionality. Uh, you can see some of the engine, which that wouldn't be good for Batman to have because that means it could take damage. So, you know, it, it's not the most practical. It was it was a movie you could tell they were like, okay, we're making a lot of money off these Batman toys. So let's make up some cool designs that will sell that will make money. I do remember though going to watch that movie as a kid in the theaters. The line was ridiculous. It was all the way out there. That's the first time I went to a movie and I was like, holy crap, I can't believe this line. Um, but that was because I watched the movie up here, not in my hometown, which, you know, they got movies later and it rarely got packed out. I can only think of two cases where it was totally packed. Just people just didn't watch movies a lot back then. Anyways, um, so you get Batman and Robin, which is just uh, that John basically expressed his disdain earlier for the Mister Freeze. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger, Uma Thurman is Pamela Isley, some old school pro wrestler is Bane, uh, washed up guy. You can tell he's on steroids because of how massive he is. 
George Clooney, Chris O'Donnell's back, and uh, what's that girl's name, the blonde hair, Alicia Silverstone. When I was a kid, you know, Alicia Silverstone was the business, but uh, I don't know if she's aged that well. The years have uh, not been so kind, as they say. And then you get uh, Alfred's back, and he reprised his role, and that was, that was okay. I mean, it's, it's, oh, I missed uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, the animated Batman movie, which is arguably one of the best versions of Batman that ever hit the silver screen. I can remember that movie just blew me away. Uh, it's animated, but still a damn good movie. I think, uh, you know, I think it's up there. That's, but, you know, the good thing is is that the new Spider-Man movie gives it a run for its money. So I'd say those two are the gold standard of animated superhero films, uh, which I don't think there's much competition there. But, they've yeah, they've, they hold up pretty well. So, Batman and Robin, obviously, that was the end of an era. Now, they were getting ready. Tim Burton was going to try to make a Superman movie that would tie in to his Batman movie in the mid-'90s. And Kevin Smith is notoriously known for uh, plotting the, one of the scripts that, when Tim Burton came in, was pretty much just trashed. And Nicolas Cage was going to don the role of Superman. And I've actually seen footage of Superman wearing the Nicolas Cage wearing the Superman suit they were going to have him in, and they had a wig on him. And I got to admit, it, they could have pulled it off, as surprisingly or not. I mean, yes, it's Nick Cage, and he does not have a Superman physique build or look at all, but they could have done it. That with, the, with that with the mullet-era Superman and going with the black suit and all that business that they had planned, I think, I think it could have worked. I think Tim Burton knew what he was doing. But that's probably why he didn't do it. It's because something about it didn't work. And uh, if you if you want to listen to the behind the scenes, uh, watch watch look on YouTube and check out Kevin Smith Superman script, and he explains it pretty well. It's uh, very entertaining to listen to. So yeah, so Batman and Robin's like kind of like the nail in the coffin. It's like all right, superhero movies are a bust. We just make them to sell toys, and there's no other reason to have them. But the critics hated this one so much. It's, we're not going to make the money that we thought we were going to. It's it's over, you know that that's the end. And then you had uh, Fox pump out the first X Men movie, and it's kind of cool. I can't remember if that came before Blade or not. It might have been Blade was first. Yeah, I think Blade was first. Well, in the nineties, you also had Spawn and Crow and a couple other comic book movies, but I think Blade was the first Marvel one, and which is good. Great Blade One was a great movie. I went and saw that in the theaters, and that whole scene with the club and all the blood and all that stuff very very cool to watch and then uh <clears throat> x-men comes out and spider-man comes out i can't remember if spider-man came out before x-men or not but i remember spider going to watch spider-man twice i was so amazed by that movie in high school i thought it was great i actually drove all the way up to arlington to watch it in the big theater because i just knew that this would be so important that's the toby mcguire spider-man well so, X-Men and Spider-Man and Blade all made money. So, guess which all movies got sequels? And if the superhero formula can work for those movies, why not do other characters? So, you know, the movie studios were just pumping them out. You had the Thomas Jane Punisher. You had the Ang Lee Incredible Hulk. You had Nick Cage as Ghost Rider. You had the Fantastic Four back. You had Ben Affleck as Daredevil. I mean, bam, you have basically in the early 2000s, 
you know, what would account to a modern MCU right then, you know. Now, the thing was is that none of those movies were connected to the other except for the sequels, and even those, you could say, you, you were still standalone films. You know, and they were, they were bad. I'm, you know, I mean, they weren't, they weren't bad. They, you know, some of them were. Some of them had some just eye-rolling moments, but I think they were all honest, you know, decent efforts. You know, the Ang Lee Hulk is kind of annoying, but, you know, they... I think some things work, and then just a lot didn't. But in any case, it was you know it was it was a fun time. But you know, it always left you wanting for more as a fan. It's like you know, when you grow up on the comic books and you're watching this stuff happen live action, you just expect it to be a little bit more faithful to the stories you remember. And then uh, DC decided, hey, you know, they're making money here, and we used to have a tried and true formula for this kind of thing so we're going to throw our names back into the hat we're going to do some batman movies but this time we're going to hire a very uh, dramatic director somebody who's very thorough and we're going to ground the hell out of this movie we don't want any craziness we don't want any weird colors or or weird powers or abilities it's just going to be a guy who pushes his body to the max dresses up like a bat and goes around and fights fights criminals and there's some there's some there's some plots to destroy the city or take over the city. Well, it worked. I mean, Batman Begins was a success, and so now you get Batman Begins, and you think, okay, well, you know, we can do other super movies. So they do The Dark Knight, which was uh, one of the, some people will say it's one of the best superhero movies ever made. I can't disagree. I think it's a great movie. I personally liked The Dark Knight Rises when it came out. I'd have to watch them both again to to make my final pick. But, you know, it still was a great movie. And then you had Superman Returns. I, I can't remember what order Superman Returns came out in. But uh, you know, critically, Superman Returns did excellent. It was basically just a continuation of the Christopher Reeve story. But, you know, but with Brandon Ruth instead and Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor. Again, not really tied into the Nolan vs. Batman, but you could kind of see that it was in that realm. A little bit of a boring movie, though, because he doesn't really have a supervillain, but they kind of explored him dealing with his powers as a kid, and the, uh, you know, the, the critics kind of liked that. So, in any case, Superman Returns, it's not a, not a terrible movie, but it's, it's kind of boring. And the whole thing with Lois Lane having his son, you know, spoilers, it's kind of a stretch. And then he picks up an island full of kryptonite, and you're like, what the hell? So, you know, it is what it is. Then you get uh, Green Lantern, which we thought was going to be the start of this new DC Cinematic Universe, because Iron Man had came out, and at the end of Iron Man, something happens that would change the fate of Hollywood for the next 10 years. At the very end, a character shows up, Nick Fury, and he's portrayed by Sam Jackson, which if you listen to our podcast, Sam Jackson was the basis for the character Nick Fury in the Ultimate Universe, which came out several years before Iron Man. It just so happens they made the character look like Sam Jackson. They made him talk like him. He looked like him. So for them to get Sam Jackson in that role, holy shit, you know, it is on. 
Well, first of all, Iron Man was just a good movie. It's just a damn well-made movie. One of the best superhero movies ever made. Robert Downey Jr., perfect casting, just a great story. Anybody can watch it and have fun, and there's something for everyone. I don't know how you watch Iron Man and say you didn't enjoy it. Well, well the first time I watched the movie, I walked away and said, yeah, that was really cool. And then John uh, watched it, and he said, hey, did you stay past the end of the credits? And I was like, no. He's like, Shane. You have to go watch that. You need to know what happened. You need to see it because it's kind of important. So I took my mom and we go back to go see it. And, you know, Nick Fury's there at the end. And he says to Tony Stark, he's like, hey, have you heard about the Avengers Initiative? Now, keep in mind, social media was just out. That was before spoilers were posted instantly online the next day after the movie. So, yeah, it was just, whoa. Can't believe they're doing this. They're actually going to talk about the Avengers? Holy cow. Iron Man 2 comes out. It's a good movie. Well made. Uh, Iron Man 3, which I hated, but the critics loved, and it made a billion. So you get Avengers. I mean, all this stuff starting Captain America and Thor and like all these movies and the Hulk, Incredible Hulk's come out. And so, but lo and behold, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is born. And what a wonderful start and homage to that universe um, and even now, where it's at now, it's just it's just amazing. They finally got Spider-Man in the game. Even though Spider-Man tried to have two movies during that period that were separate from Marvel Studios, they didn't work. And there was another Fantastic Four, again, didn't work. X-Men has had some ups and downs. I mean, Wolverine Origins was garbage. X3 was okay. It wasn't that good. They've had some good ones, you know, Days of Future Future Past, First Class, those were both good. Apocalypse was kind of disappointing. Logan was good, but man, that's a depressing-ass movie. And Logan was kind of the bookend, I think, to that universe. And then Dare, and then but Deadpool came out of fucking nowhere. And Deadpool, I like that better than all the X Men movies because my favorite X Men, Colossus, is actually portrayed how he's supposed to be. He's a giant Russian that turns into metal. Uh, nailed it. So, anyways, Deadpool, good stuff. Now, okay, so Marvel obviously is having fun. Superhero movies are making the money, and Disney is just you know riddled with glee because they invested after iron man one they bought all of marvel and what a wise decision for them so because it's basically the new star wars but probably even better because there's been more good movies than star wars has had they've only had three good ones um and the rest are just kind of okay and to bad well so dc wants to get on the fence but you know green lantern wasn't the start that they needed it Critically, it was mixed reviews. Fans didn't really care for it. Uh, you know, it was just, it was, it was just, anytime you have a character that's space and you put him on Earth, you're going to lose people. So that's why the Guardians of the Galaxy has worked so well. It's always in space. So you're always seeing new worlds. You're seeing cool stuff. You're not just sitting on Earth, you know, watching somebody scream in a wheelchair because their head's getting big. I don't know. It's ridiculous. Iron Man, Ryan Reynolds, Reynolds, uh, Green Lantern, uh, you know, just wasn't a bad movie. Just it didn't live up to its potential. So, man, we misfired with Green Lantern, so we maybe we don't get a cinematic universe. Let's try Man of Steel. Let's bring back Superman. Let's, let's make an adult, let's make an adult Superman 
that has to deal with real problems. And let's ask the question, what if Superman was real? And now the reason why Snack Snyder was chosen for this project is because he just made The Watchmen. And The Watchmen, which I think critically was well-received, I can't remember. I liked The Watchmen. I, I loved it a lot. The people I went and watched The Watchmen with did not like it, but they also did not read the comic books. Uh, I was a fan of the comic. I enjoyed it. I loved that ending because it wasn't a great ending. It was it was terrible. The bad guys won. You never see the bad guys win. And they win in that book. Uh, Ozymandias, who's spoiler, he turns out to be the bad guy. Uh, he wins. He beats Dr. Manhattan at his own game, which Dr. Manhattan's basically God, but he was able to beat him. So, well, and not necessarily beat him, but just get him to see the error of his ways and get him to leave. Which, you know, great, great fucking movie. So Zack Snyder makes that, and he's panel for panel, inspired by the comic books. I loved it. So they're going to make him Superman. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, well, we're going to get, like, Superman for all seasons, or we're going to get, like, you know, the origin story is going to be. So they do Man of Steel. It does well. And but they don't really set anything up for sequels. They, I think there's a satellite that gets hit that might say Wayne Tower, and maybe there's a truck that says Lex Corp on it, but that's it. They don't really tie into anything. And then there's just kind of silence. I guess they were just waiting on what the next step was. And then one year at Comic Con, now keep in mind while all this is going on, fucking you know Marvel's just hit after hit after hit. So. At Comic-Con one year, they have a DC panel, and they bring out this actor. I can't remember his name. Um, he used to play Mantis on this old 90s superhero show. Uh, I really can't remember his name. But in any case, he reads off this script, and what he's reading off of is from The Dark Knight Returns, the comic book. And at the end of it, they, sh- you know, that's the reveal that the next movie for Superman is going to have Batman in it. And, like, people just lose their shit. And then they, uh, you know, they they cast it. It's going to be Ben Affleck, which people were kind of like, oh, what do, I don't know. What do you think? And then they show this trailer clip, and it's inspired from the scene at the Dark Knight Returns, where at the very end of it, there's a showdown between Superman and Batman. Now, in the comic book, it's like three panels, and it's over. It wasn't really much of a fight. I mean, Superman obviously has Batman outclassed. Batman at that point is just trying to stay live enough for his plan to work. All right, so you have The Dark Knight Returns, which is a very violent Batman movie, but or uh, Batman book, which that Batman story only works because it exists outside of continuity. It's a future possibility of Batman. It's not how Batman's going to be. It's just how he could be. So that's why it works, because it's just a fun, just to get away from it all type of story. Well, now... This Batman that Zack Snyder's making is not outside of the world. That's the Batman. And for him to be inspired by Frank Miller, I think that was a little bit misguided. I think we needed a little bit more um, technology, you know, um, you know, martial arts detective work. Not so much as, you know, scorch the earth to get what I fucking want. I'm killing Superman. So anyways, the movie did okay. It did great. It didn't get a billion like they thought it would, like the Avengers did, but it got close, you know, 800 million, which is a noble effort for the first, this new version of Batman to show up. Not bad. More money than uh, Batman Begins made. 
Uh, Batman versus Superman is basic Dawn of Justice, which they should have just named it Dawn of Justice. I mean, the Batman versus Superman title probably drove off thousands of fans just by that title alone. And I didn't know what they were trying to do. They're like, oh, well, this movie has Batman and Superman. And you know what? If you advertise and your logo shows Batman and Superman, you don't need to actually title your movie Batman and Superman or Batman versus Superman or whatever it was. I, I personally loved Batman versus Superman. Uh, very enjoyable movie. Uh, it's kind of a downer. It's long. But for the parts that Batman are in it, it is worth it to watch. Any part with Superman or Batman and Wonder Woman when they're all in their costumes uh, makes the movie. Lex Luthor, eh, I think it's a too much Riddler for me, not enough Lex. Uh, it's too eccentric. Potential there for Eisenberg to do it, I'm sure. But for whatever reason, this movie it just came across as a little loopy. Not, not, not the genius we needed to see. And the whole motivation for batman to decide he wants to kill superman as i've said before was weak needless to say though the the design the costumes were fucking perfect other than lex everybody else was 100 percent where they needed to be well kg beast no they really didn't do anything with him the guy with the flamethrower the russian dude they really didn't do anything with him so that was missed opportunity but um yeah just you know a great movie i really really loved it you know doomsday shows up at the end what doomsday so we got this movie it's got mixed reviews it's getting a lot of hate i mean a lot of hate and the reason why is because it's just too long you know people sit in that theater and it's like really do we got to hear all this behind the scenes stuff of what the senator and lex are up to do we really need to see the Capitol getting blown up and superman kind of blamed for it but they left out the part where the chair was lined with lead so he couldn't see it you know, what the hell, man? Come on. Let's let's just, you know, keep all that. If you could get Lex Luthor as out of that as much as possible, I think that movie would have been great. Just shave about 45 minutes off of it. Whenever I watch it now, I just watch the stuff when Batman and Superman are on the screen. I don't watch anything else. I just watch that stuff. And uh, it's great for me. It's a badass movie just for badassery. But like I said, reviews weren't great. Well, a week after the movie drops, they're already in London filming Justice League, and they're basing it off of this movie. It's going to be a continuation. Well, studio executives are not happy that this movie didn't bring in a billion, and it's getting so much hate. Like, you know, you trusted this guy. You know, you gave him $250 million or however much it cost to make the movie. Then you gave him another $200 million for advertising, and he gets a movie that's got less Rotten Tomato score than, you know... Your Man of Steel movie, less Rotten Tomatoes scores than uh, Sharknado. I mean, it is just, it tanked as far as reviews go. Uh, people seem to be okay with it, though. Ben Affleck in particular, everybody thought did a really good job. Um, you know, and Gal, uh, Wonder Woman was, you know, kind of stole the show. A lot of fun to see her on the screen. Good to see the trilogy. I mean, just what a treat. Okay, so now we're going to do Suicide Squad. And Suicide Squad, which I think was a fun movie. Kind of a disaster because they had a, after they made the movie, they were so worried about Batman versus Superman, they decided to get a company to edit the film together. And they chopped it all up and they put like the origin stories in between. People got confused. They were like, what? What's he do? Why is he doing this? And what's going on with that? It just, you know, it just, it's just not a good way to build a team. And they, they, you know, they used a lot of pop songs from the 70s and 80s, which was basically just a, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy 
you know, kind of a pseudo ripoff, which, uh, you know, I didn't think it was that bad, but it's distracting. I mean, you know, when they have like three or four songs in the first 10 minutes, it's a little much. Anyways, Will Smith, though, and Margot Robbie killed it. Captain Boomerang was absolutely perfect as Captain Boomerang. Uh, Amanda Waller was vicious. Colonel Flagg. All the all the characters were actually on point. The problem was the villain. Uh, they made it this monster, and he had this monster horde, and uh, he's trying to take over the Earth, and he teams up with Enchantress to do so. Well, you know, it's Suicide Squad. I mean, really? You're having them save the Earth? Suicide Squad's supposed to be the team that goes in and does a dirty-ass mission. So they, like, infiltrate the Justice League Tower or, you know, they, they bust up a ring of drug dealers or something like that. The CIA, you know, it just, it's not, just not saving the world material. So, again, movie made good money. I think it almost brought in a billion, uh, $800 million at least, I'm sure, or $700 million. But... It just critically was, again, it tanked. The critics just couldn't stand it. They didn't like, you know, you got Katana in there, and they don't really go over her origin story. It's like you could do a whole movie on Katana. But I, I don't know. I thought it was cool. I thought she did a, I thought Katana was cool in the movie. But, hey, it is what it is. So now you got a problem. Man of Steel, which was a modest success at best, uh, Batman versus Superman, which financially was a success, but critically was a disaster, same goes for Suicide Squad. So you're pretty much 0-3 right now. You haven't had a solid win. Well, enter Wonder Woman. First movie that actually hits it out of the park. And the reason why is because they just kept it true to Wonder Woman. I mean, she's that's the character in the comic books. They go over her origin. You know, she's the daughter of Zeus. Uh, lives on Themyscira. Raised with the Amazons. And, you know... Goes off to the fight in World War One, which I think in the comics it was World War Two, but I digress. Either way, she goes off to fight, meets uh, you know, um, you know Chris Pine's character, and just a great, great movie. And it's kind of, kind of dark, you know, kind of, kind of adult themes. It's it's World War One, so that's that's a very brutal war. But they did it justice, and Ares shows up, and that's the villain. And so there was a big fight with him, which I thought it was cool, but a lot of the critics said at that point they checked out. They said that if they didn't have that, the movie would have been perfect. And I'm like, well, it's, it's Ares. What do you expect? He's going to be this giant-ass dude in fucking armor and flames and shit. And that's how that's who Wonder Woman's got to fight. Anyways, and uh, Dr. Poison was in there too, so that was kind of cool. Well... Okay, so Wonder Woman comes out, and voila, we got a hit. Not only does it make money, again, over $800 million, uh, it also the critics love it. I know, I think $900 million, but the critics loved it. Critics gave it really high reviews, and it's the first female lead superhero in a movie. Uh, first time that's happened, and, and it's right that it was Wonder Woman. It's good. It's good that the first real woman superhero is the first real woman superhero movie, and it was a success. It actually made money. So now we got a hit on our hands. So what do we do now? What what happens next? Well, we've already started the Justice League, and I just found this out uh, last week that apparently the Justice League we got was not the Justice League that Zack Snyder was making. So fans refer to this as the Snyder Cut. Um, Kevin Smith, who's somebody that I've, I follow 
quite regularly. Recently, we took a trip to London, and he talked to some of the, the members that worked on the crew for the Justice League movie. And, he was like, and they told him, they said, man, Kevin, if you could only see what we actually were doing versus what we got, you would be amazed. Apparently, the Green Lantern was supposed to show up. Darkseid was supposed to be in it. The superheroes were going to take the battle to Apocalypse from the movie. Steppenwolf looked way more menacing than what he ended up looking like in the, in the movie. It kind of looks like a goofy... I mean, the CGI is okay. It's just... It just looks... It doesn't look like he's intimidating, you know? And then Superman kicks his ass. I mean, shit. You just... There was the meme floating around that, you know, Justice League at, you know, 100% power. And then they, they, they leave everybody but Superman there. And it says Justice League at 99% power. Because, I mean, he whipped the guy on his own. Well... You know, this is back, unfortunately, not only did this movie receive bad reviews, slightly better than the other two films that did poorly, uh, Suicide Squad and uh, Batman vs. Superman did a little bit better. It was in, like, Man of Steel business, but it also financially was in the Man of Steel business, which they, everybody was thinking that the Justice League was going to be the Avengers killer. That was going to be what would set it back because you got this super serious Batman and you got this Superman and wonder when they can all kick ass and they could easily take apart the Avengers at this power level. Aquaman's totally been redone to his credit. You know, you got cyborg and you got the flash, which is always a treat to see. So why not? Why could, why wouldn't it be a success? Well, you know, one of the problems is you don't have green lantern. You can't have a justice league movie without green lantern. Even I'm sorry. I know his movie did bad, or not what they expected. I know it was just modest, but you just can't. You can't do a Justice League without Green Lantern. So that was their first. That was a big mistake. So the first mistake was making Batman old and at the end of his career and fighting Superman for illogical reasons. The second mistake, oh, and then not having spikes on Doomsday, so they kind of nerfed Doomsday. Um, well, now I guess you could say the first mistake is killing General Zod. That was a bad choice. Anyways, so some bad choices that have really hurt the studio. And a lot of it, you know, I mean, I hate to say this, but I, I mean, because he's made the characters look so good. But a lot of this was Zack Snyder's decisions. You know, he was the one that made the call to kill Zod, you know. He wrote it. He wrote the story both ways. And I think it would have been much more satisfying to let Zod live versus just Superman killing him. Um, you know, Batman versus Superman, it's just his vision of things. It was a little dark, and some things happened that didn't make a lot of sense logically. I got caught up on one logic loop all with the time frame it takes for Batman to kill the clear out that warehouse to where Superman shows up to Lex Luthor did not make any sense at all because Superman should have been there in minutes, well before the fight was over. Unless, you know, there's some weird time movie magic delay that we're not aware of, which I don't think there could be because the timer goes off. Anyways, it's just kind of a it's a mess. That that part is, but the movie's still good. I mean, I watched the movie in the theater seven times. That's how impressed I was. And it's really just for the scenes where Batman was in it, when he first meets Superman, when he kicks ass. So anyways, you think the Justice League was going to be this hit, and it just was not. It just did not mean expectations at all. And, you know, part of the problem, Zack Snyder was out. He had, he had stopped the project midway through. His daughter committed suicide, which is terrible. Um, but the studio execs weren't happy anyways, so you could tell that they were kind of like, you need to change this, you need to lighten the tone, you need to put in some humor, you need to do the Marvel formula, you know, stop being so dark and depressing all the time. And uh, so they brought in Joss Whedon, who was the guy who 
made the first Avengers movie happen and the second one and did a really good job and he's a very talented writer and I've enjoyed all of his work and you can kind of see some of the stuff that he did in the Justice League film but again it just it just it did not meet expectations and I actually watched Justice League the other day and I thought you know it's okay it's not it's just a fun little adventure movie and it's cool to see all the superheroes there in their costume but again it just did not live up to the expectations that they thought it was going to all right, so where are we at? We got the Justice League comes out. DC doesn't know what the hell to do. They, they, they haven't had the hit they needed. So I guess we're just going to put things on pause for a little while. And they don't have anything come out. Now, in, this, in the meantime, you know, D, Marvel is continuing to pump out the hits. I mean, they get Black Panther, which brings in a billion, which is a massive success. Deservedly so fucking great movie I love Black Panther would not mind watching again first superhero movie to be nominated for an Oscar I think it deserves it all day long uh, just a great great film and then uh, Infinity Wars which is holy shit uh, my favorite superhero movie of all time uh, Thanos wins Thanos wins You know, you what you never see that like if that was the end of the Marvel Cinematic Universe I'd be like oh okay yeah I like that. That's that's a satisfying ending for me. You'd never see the bad guy win. For them to commit to that uh, was super impressive. I was impressed. All right. So then, you know, Marvel's obviously got a success. Like Black Panther or, or Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, uh, you know, Infinity Wars, Ant-Man and Wasp, all of them are killing it. Okay. So DC's last... You know, they've, they've got two movies they're working on, Wonder Woman 1984 and Aquaman. And we see some trailers for Aquaman and Shazam drop at Comic-Con. Looks good. Looks good. But we didn't really get to see a whole lot of Aquaman and Justice League, so we're really not too sure about it. Well, friends, I tell you, please go watch that movie if you haven't seen it. Aquaman brought over a billion dollars. Just a success, more, the most successful DC movie to date. Very impressive movie. Very beautiful. Uh, very fun to watch. Um, you know, you'll just see stuff that you haven't seen before, and it's just a great little fun story. Um, okay, so that was the big hit. So now DC's got Shazam coming out next, and then Wonder Woman. Now, it's not clear the fate of the DC universe because Ben Affleck. Um, reportedly there's some rumors that he's not going to be involved in the next Batman movie um, he hasn't come out right and just said that one way or the other same thing happened with Kim Henry Cavill a few months ago they said he was supposed to be in the Shazam movie but but he decided not to because Justice League tanked so well it didn't really tank it just didn't do as good as they thought so what the hell is going on I mean who, are they doing this are they going to recast the, are they, you know what, what, what are they going to do and I don't know. I don't know what you do at this point. I, I thought Ben Affleck did a good job. But I also see why you would want to have a new young Batman instead of the old timer at the end of his career, Batman, that we got. I mean, we got to have a Green Lantern at some point. So I don't know how the hell they're going to do that. Uh, Henry Cavill is, can be can be a perfect Superman. They just need to let him be Superman and he'll he'll knock it out of the park. But the problem is, you know, they didn't start letting him be Superman until Justice League. And by then, it's too little too late. You know, he can't carry the half of the movie just on his own. Uh, although he 
does a damn good job of it, I think. So, yeah, he just, you know, just just some very bad mistakes. So Aquaman sets the ship right. Uh, critically, it could have done a little bit better. It was positive. Um, it just wasn't great. It wasn't a fresh like Wonder Woman was. But still, good movie. Good movie, worth it to see. Made a shit ton of money. Shazam's going to be next. That's the one I have extremely high hopes for, unrealistically high hopes for. I hope that what Aquaman was for Aquaman, Shazam is for Shazam, because that's my favorite character. I hope I get to see that level of fandom. For one thing, I'm just tired of going to conventions and people not knowing who the fuck I am. They think I'm either the Flash or Flash Gordon. And to be fair, Red, Lightning Bolt, I get it. But come on, man. You fucking, you're at a convention. Don't you know your fucking comments? It's Shazam. I'd be even okay if you give me a Captain Marvel. Anything, really, please. But Flash? I'm sick and tired of hearing I'm the Flash. Anyways, uh, very much looking forward to that. Wonder Woman 84 comes out next. In the meantime, Marvel's going to have three or four movies drop. They're all going to make a shit ton of money. Um, and DC's going to be scratching their heads thinking, what the fuck do we, what, what's going on here? What are we missing? And then maybe they'll get their ass in gear and get a Green Lantern movie that's good. Maybe they'll do Flashpoint with The Flash, which is a great storyline. You know, we'll just have to see. We'll have to see. You know, they got this Joker movie coming out, which isn't supposed to be connected to the Suicide Squad Joker, which I don't know if that means it's connected to the DCEU or not, because in the comic books right now, there's this running theme where many people are the Joker, that it's just kind of, it's a guy who dies and is always brought back. Like kind of like the Phantom, there's always a new Joker to take over the mantle. Um, anyways, I I think I think there's some potential there. I think DC can be great. Uh, I I would say this much: that Marvel finally has some competition with Aquaman and Wonder Woman. You know, bringing the heat. Now you got something to worry about, and your Captain Marvel movies coming out right before Shazam. I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be neat to see how this plays off, and then you know, Infinity War. Badass as a movie that was, a lot of people did not like that ending, um, which, you know, I don't know if that's going to hurt them or not. I think it can only help them because I loved it. But, uh, yeah, that's where we're at. So the DC Universe got a lot of work to do. They need to bring in a Green Lantern. They need to get uh, Martian Manhunter in there. I don't know how you do a Justice League movie without Martian Manhunter and Green Lantern. Now, you did they did the Avengers without Ant-Man and Wasp, which, okay, I get it, but they replaced them with Hawkeye and Black Widow and Nick Fury. With Justice League, uh, you get, you know, Alfred and Cyborg and the, you know, what? So, they, you know, we, they got some they got some growing pains, but I think there's some hope there. We'll see how Shazam is. I'll give my report, but uh, Aquaman's still in theaters. Go watch it. Uh, go watch Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse 2 and have a good time. I'm I'm about at an hour. I've sat here and ranted for an hour long going into this topic. Uh, the only thing I'll say just to finish it out is don't believe the news articles about Ben Affleck leaving. DC, hire a publicist to get public relations up because social media is eating you guys alive. I constantly get hate whenever I say how I like the DC movie whenever I go online. Um do we like the TV shows? The fucking TV shows are doing great. The Arrowverse and DC Universe app, fucking home runs all the way. I uh, didn't like Trigon at the end of Titans. I, I was expecting to see the big-ass fucking demon show up. Uh, it was just a guy dressed up in black. It was kind of a letdown. But Robin was fucking perfect. Both Robins, Dick Grayson and Jason Todd. Doom Patrol looked fucking amazing. Uh, Hawk and Dove. I mean, so much great stuff going on in the in the DC shows right now. Deathstroke and... 
fucking, you know, uh, Supergirl and Batwoman, just all kinds of badassness. So I hope the movie can capture some of that magic and we can, we can, you know, get the movie, the movies back on track. I think Aquaman finally let the producers know, let somebody make these movies that understands why the character works. It's guys like James Wan who want to do a good job, who want to go all out there, but at the same time honor what is what has made these characters popular for the last eighty years. Give them some respect, and I think if they do that and they get away from the dark, bloomy, doomy grimness, I think it can work, and I think we can have a good Justice League movie in the future when people will be like, "Damn, why couldn't we get that the first time?" Um, it's just a matter of time, people, and it, it'll be here. So I hope y'all have a good night. Thanks for checking in to Big Beefin'. Sorry the boys weren't here. Maybe in the next one we'll get them, but uh, that's the way it goes sometimes.